I kind of love this time of year. For me, I'm, I'm kind of like a glass half empty person normally, but at the beginning of a year, there is so much optimism, so much faith about what is yet to come. Um, I'm sure, like me, that you will have plans for your personal life. There are plans for the church, and we have the excitement of a growing church family. Meeting people, for me, at Hotspot is uh, an exciting thing to come and, and, and get to know new people. We have plans for the development and improvement of our washroom facilities. And we have the excitement um, in planning for the future wider church builds that we're formulating in our minds and our thoughts and our prayers over the coming months to take place in the years to come. But today, I'd love to talk through a message that I believe will significantly impact our lives this year uh, above anything else that I could suggest. And this is not something new, but it is something that I learned as a new skill six or seven years ago, and it was introduced to me by somebody who later became an online mentor for me. And I'd love to give you the chance to consider joining me in this one very simple discipline that he calls words to live by. It's something that a couple of our small groups have already had a brief look at during the course of this week. But before we talk about that, I know all of us would say that in our various circumstances, either in our jobs or in our family, it can be really challenging at times, can't it? And I know many of us are finding difficulties in balancing our financial circumstances at the moment because of the massive increases in something like the cost of heating our homes, the price of electricity and gas. Of course, the impact of inflation as well, and just how the cost of food shopping has gone up. For those of us who have mortgages, potentially increasing interest rates, we're also seeing the downturn in the economy. And these are really challenging times, aren't they, for us all? But for each and every one of us individually, times can also be tough in different ways. They can be physically challenging, like Jan has just shared. They can be emotionally challenging or even spiritually challenging. Seems to be slightly out of range. I recall that when Alison and I were leading our previous church family, it would help if I turned it on. <laughs> <laughs> Just testing. Just testing. I recall that when um, Alison and I were leading our previous church family, we were also in the midst 
of caring for both my parents in law, Alison's mum and dad, caring for them in the vicarage 24 7, uh, caring for them also during the midst of the COVID pandemic. And then both of us became seriously ill with COVID before the jabs actually came out. And we were also at that time trying to lead a church family and, and learning new technologies like trying to communicate with each other by Zoom. It was all a mystery to, to me and perhaps for some, even more of a mystery how these things worked. And how did we look after our, our church family? And how did we look after the community around us? And there were times when I literally thought, I'm not sure that I can carry on with all of this. But you see, what changed wasn't that any of these things got easier. None of these things changed the priority that we had in that season. But let me tell you what did change. What changed was the way that I began to think about things. And I want to say right here and now that your thoughts matter more than you can imagine. Your life moves in the direction of your strongest thoughts. If our thoughts are full of faith, full of God's truth, then you are becoming more like Christ every day. However, if your thoughts are negative, toxic, polluted, your life will move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And I recognize so easily that when I succumb to negative thoughts, then I subsequently struggle with my actions. When my thoughts are far from God's truth, my life moves in the direction of my strongest thoughts. Let's read Romans chapter 8, verses 5 and 6. Paul says this. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature about sinful things, think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But this is important. Letting the Holy Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Our lives are moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Our inner dialogue matters so much. I don't, mean, I don't know how many of you talk to yourselves. I haven't caught any of you. But I talk to myself all of the time. 
And sometimes my inner dialogue, I recognize, could be very pleasing to God. But other times, my inner dialogue could be very disruptive. And I kind of woke up a few years ago and quite honestly said, no, I, I don't particularly like some of my inner dialogue. I was kind of thinking that I didn't feel worthy in my role as a church leader. No matter how much that I did, no matter how good I think that things might have actually have been, I didn't still feel competent. Whatever successes were had, I felt that it was kind of mostly luck, and I didn't really deserve it. And if it was classified as a, as a success, then there was very little chance that I could repeat it. But I kind of knew that this was a wrong habit. Why? Because in the background of my mind, I knew that I believed in Scripture. I knew that I believed in the promises of God, even if I couldn't regularly bring them to mind. And I knew how God had designed me and loves me outrageously. So these negative thoughts that I was having were happening over and again. I'm not proud of it, but that was my inner dialogue. I, what I recognised was that I needed God to help change my thinking. And if God could change my thinking, that could change a lot about me. And that is exactly what happened. Six or seven years ago, God helped change my thinking through this one discipline that I was introduced to called Words to Live By. Let's have a look at Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It's a verse that speaks to us in a new and fresh way, particularly at the beginning of this year. And this is what Paul said. Don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Let God transform you into a new person by doing what? Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. What's great about this is that it's not me changing me. It's God changing me by renewing my mind, by stopping the negative lies and replacing them with godly truths. This is God changing me, not into a better version of me, but a new person. Would you let God change you into a new person by changing the way that you think?
because so much of life is isn't about what happens to you but so much is a, uh, of life is about how you think about what happens to you something something bad could happen to one person and they fall apart yeah we've we've seen that in our uh, respective lives but something bad could happen to somebody else. Exactly the same kind of thing. And, and they might just turn around and say, well, I kind of just got a little bit closer to God because of this. It's not so much what happens to you. It's how you think about what happens to you. I love the way that Paul unpacks this powerful thought in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3. He says this, and this will be encouraging to each and every one of us. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. And I relate to Pete's prayer. In other words, we don't need physical weapons, the weapons of the world, because you and I have spiritual weapons. And these weapons aren't normal weapons. On the contrary, our weapons have divine power to demolish strongholds. The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. We fight with, we fight with prayer. We fight with the word of God. We have got the sword of the spirit. We've got the breastplate of righteousness. We have the helmet of salvation. We have the belt of truth. And we have the shoes prepared with the gospel of peace. We don't have normal weapons. Our weapons are powerful. We've seen that through the healing touch of Jesus in David's life, a random guy off the streets. We have powerful weapons. They demolish what Paul calls strongholds. What, what is a stronghold? Well, the Greek word that is translated as stronghold is like a, a prisoner locked within a dungeon within a castle. A very literal translation of the Greek word is a prisoner locked by deception. So a stronghold is somebody who's in a prison and deceived, believing that there is no way out. It's a wrong mindset. It's a spiritual trap. It's the kind of place that Satan has got you convinced that you can't, you won't, and you never will escape from. He's got you so convinced that you don't even have the faith 
to reach out and grab what could be yours. Why? Because you're believing a lie. But you see, the good news is this. As Christians, each and every one of us here have the divine power, the divine power to demolish strongholds. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 says this. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Now I recognise that this can be initially difficult. Difficult to action for us day by day by day. But this is where I'd love it if you would work with me. I'm going to give you two questions to ask yourself. The first one is this. What negative thoughts are dominating your thinking? I'm going to give you some ideas, but I kind of want you to think about perhaps two or three that might be very real for you. Here's some ideas. I can relate to this this week. Those around me, particularly Mick and Carol, um, others might have seen the, the knock-on effect. I've had to capture this thought, and the thought was, I can't get all of this done this week. It's just, just too much on. There might be a thought like, I'm not a good enough mum or dad. Or the thought that says, well, she brought homemade cake, and I only brought cakes from the shop. <laughs> or I'm on again off again with God, or I'm undisciplined, or I'm always going to struggle with my weight, or I'm just not good enough with people. Whatever it is, think about it quite honestly. And when your dialogue tips to the negative side, what is it that you're constantly telling yourself again and again because your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts the second question that i want to ask you this morning is this what spiritual truth will demolish that stronghold what spiritual truths will demolish unhelpful ungodly thoughts <coughs> here are some spiritual truths i have everything i need to do whatever god calls me to do or christ in me is more than enough worry is not my master my faith is in god and god alone or, my God is with me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. If you put God first 
every single day, like many of us I know are on that journey. You spend time with him. You pray, even if it's just for a few minutes. If you feed on his word, and then you speak aloud what he says is true, then that discipline, words to live by, can completely change your thinking. <coughs> my words to live by have completely changed my thinking over the past six years, and I've revised and updated mine for 2023 because I recognize that I need a want and I need to change some of my character traits over the coming years. I'm going to give you some suggested statements. Then at the end, I'm going to give you some of my statements. And these are words that I seek to live by. Most days when I spend time with God, and I want you to just log that for a minute. Most days when I spend time with God, I speak these words aloud. They change my thinking. And that change of thinking has been completely changing my life over a period of time. And if you can come up with something like eight, nine, 10, 12 words, whatever number of words to live by, then you that you can declare over and over again. Maybe you're kind of like worried all the time. And if you're worried all the time, maybe your statement could be something like this. Because of Christ, I am not anxious about anything. I cast my cares on God because he is for me. Maybe you don't know God's will for your life. When you're asking, what does he want me to do every day? And you could say this. You might not, at the beginning, actually believe it or, or, or think it's, it, it has a reality. But you could say this. My life belongs to God. Daily, I seek him and daily he directs my step. I know his voice and he leads me to his perfect will. Now, I read that and I reckon that that could be one of my words to live by because I don't always recognize those things. But if I, if I repeat that truth daily, then I will begin to recognize who God is saying I am in my life. If you have a lack of confidence every single day, you could say this. My confidence is in Christ and Christ alone because the Holy Spirit lives within me. I can do everything that he calls me to do. Do you remember a few moments ago I shared with you some of the feelings as a church leader, feelings of inadequacy, of not feeling worthy to be a leader of um, a group of people. The thought of not feeling competent, 
But I knew that these were negative thoughts and a negative habit. They were some of my issues. And I guess you could recognize where my negative thoughts would go almost every day. But I started regularly declaring God's promises over my life. These are my words to live by. And this is what God has been using to change the way that I think. I've pasted my words to live by in the front of my Bible. So that every time I take some time out with God, this is where I start. And I read them out aloud to myself in the choir. I shut the door so Alison is just, just not hearing what's going on. This is my, my time out with God, and I'm declaring what God has spoken over me. There's, there's nine or ten. Jesus is first in my life. I live to serve and glorify him. I love my wife, and I will lay down my life to serve her. I am disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. I am anointed, empowered, equipped to go after the righteous desires that God puts in my heart. Five, I will hold myself to God's standards and measure myself with grace. I fall down so often. My value is not based on what I can do, what Jesus did. I will never insult God with small thinking and safe living. I am holy and blameless in Christ. No weapon formed against me will prosper. I will bring my best and then some more. It's what I do after I do my best that makes the difference. But I measure myself with grace. The world will be different and better because I serve Jesus today. They are the words that have changed my life over the past six years from one of feeling unworthy and not good enough in my situation to recognize how God sees me. These declarations work for me and I believe with every bit of excitement and passion and spiritual enthusiasm that I have, I believe that they will work for you. So I would love to invite you to join me in going before God and letting him change us into new people by changing the way that we think. When you declare it over and over and over and over and over again, you might just get to the place where you believe it. We've heard this but I'm going to repeat it again. Satan is a father of lies. 
Jesus is the author of truth. And when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And that's why these are words to live by. And if anyone here today is ready to take that step of faith, and you would like to craft your own words to live by, then I have some sheets that I can give to you afterwards, and then you can take away and pray about it and think about it and what are the things that you struggle with and how can you move forward. Come and see me after the service. So as we close now, why don't we pray together? Father, today I ask that you would inspire some people through your Holy Spirit who are serious about living for you to seek you honestly and openly and transparently. Maybe get together in our small groups and sit round a table and open up your word and say, here are the places where I am weak. Here are the places where I am vulnerable. Here's where I've been talking myself down. And God hears the truth. And thank you, Father. Your truth will help set us free. Loving Father. Would you empower us to hear from you, to declare your truth in a way that would change our minds so that we conform it to the image of Christ and that we would please you, Heavenly Father, in all we do. The Church of God in this place. Said together. Amen. 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 Amen.